Welcome back, everybody, to the second ever Progress Podcast. We changed our name because we discovered there were a lot of people who had already taken Progress Podcast. So we're going to be Progress Pondcast from now on. And that's fine because my blog is www.progresspond.com. Anyway. Like literally, there were literally about when I was setting up the podcast, Marty, it, I, and we got it first launched. It was yeah. almost impossible for me to find it because I was looking and looking and looking and it was like progress this, progress podcast this, progress podcast that. And I just had this immediate kind of oh shit moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're a couple of knuckleheads who didn't do our research. So from now on, we're going to be the progress podcast. And, uh, you know, Brendan, last week we were talking about your trip to Nashville, but when the, you told me what you wanted to talk about this week, I got a little bit excited and a little bit nostalgic. We had ourselves a visit from an old friend, I guess, yeah, this past I week. guess. <laughs> doodly, 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 make the time machine sounds. Doodly, doodly, back in time, back in yeah. time, back in time with our old pal, Joe Klein. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or as we used to call him, Joe Klein. <laughs> Joe Klein. He hated that. Uh, yeah. J-O-K-E-L-I-N-E. Yeah. Well, before I, before I start bitching about him, tell me... <laughs> <laughs> get us up to speed with old Joe, man. Get us up to speed. <laughs> well, it's funny because you told me you want to talk about Joe Klein. So I knew I used to write him about him a lot. And I went and looked in my Progress Pond archives. And it's just filled with, you know, Joe Klein is a wanker. Joe Klein wanks. Joe Klein wanks again. Joe Klein in the art of the wank. He I got mean, really And he got really mad about some of those, too. I think he responded to you directly at least once. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's possible. He responded to a lot of people because he, you know, we would get his goat. He was, he was easy to get his goat and he paid attention. He read everything people wrote about him. Well, the dude thought he was like, the guy had like this head, this ego that like was way, way, way more than he should have had. I mean, he was, he was a punching bag for a reason. Let's put it that way. <laughs> he yeah, really definitely. Was. I Definitely. Mean, so, yeah. So he's back in the, uh, I guess he's back in the the news now because he wrote this stupid Washington post article, but you know, I, before we get to that, uh, we got to, for the audience who may not know this history with Joe Klein, uh, you know, he's a, he's a guy who got his start with Rolling Stone back in the Hunter S Thompson era in the 1970s. Um, yeah. So he should be cool, but he's not. Yeah. But then, you know, he was traumatized by, I guess at first, uh, it was watching George McGovern get absolutely slaughtered. Demolished. Yeah. Demolished. I and then like a wrecking ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, and then of course, Jimmy Carter got demolished and Walter Mondale got demolished and he, and a whole bunch of liberals from his generation were traumatized by all of this. And by the late eighties, early nineties, they were blaming the anti-war left and, you know, the whole, what was that thing from the McGovern thing pot am or amnesty acid and abortion, I think it was, but <laughs> yeah, he, he was convinced that the far left was to blame for the, the ascendancy of the right. Well, the far left is to blame for fucking everything though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's been, that's, that's the, been the line that is, I'm look, man, I'm like a, 
I'm, I'll betray my age. I'm going to be 53 years old in, in just a couple of months. And I'll tell you what, my entire, basically my entire adult life and a lot of my teenage years too was all the left, the left, the horrible left. They're going to do everything. It's, it's almost in, as if people like Joe Klein and people of that generation uh, internalize the idea that the left is always wrong. Even yeah. though the even though they used to be proponents of the left is always right, they did. It's like no real firmly held beliefs. Oh, oh. so yeah, it's like a knee jerk reaction for the dude. Total knee jerk reaction. I call it battered wife syndrome. You know, it's like he's afraid that if you if you do anything, you'll just get hit. Well, dude, the, I'm, yeah, I'm going to tangent for a minute because that's a very real thing. I used to work for a domestic violence agency, and that is that's that's a real mentality. You know, yeah. that is that that's a real mentality that victims have. And he'll you know, get mad. He'll get mad. Don't make the don't make the big daddy Republicans mad. Listen to me, Joe Klein. And then, and then they convince themselves that it's their fault. Yeah. You know, you know, yeah. I'm I made the I made the ogre, the bully mad. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of Klein's Klein's shtick, you know. Yep. And and that's that's where he got himself in the crosshairs of the blogosphere back in the day. But even before that. Uh, he became a, a household name when he wrote that book, Primary Colors. Yep. That's what he, uh, he he swore up and down, up and down. He didn't write it. Nope, nope. All these people were like, did you write it? Uh, some, I think you found out that there was some guy at Vassar, some professor at Vassar that analyzed it. And basically, he just lied. He lied. Oh. And then well, yeah. Got, and then when he got caught lying, nothing happened. Like nothing. He just kept, oh, dude, dude, nothing went on. Uh, yeah, well, and to refresh the listeners, uh, he he wrote this book, Primaries Colors, that came out in 1996, but it was about the 1992 Clinton campaign. Yeah. And he, he had had, I guess, some decent access to the campaign. Um, and he wrote this kind of savage critique of Clinton and in, in a book form. Yep. And... And it was a good seller. I mean, it sold a lot of books, but it was published anonymously. And so people were really curious about who wrote this book. And you're right. There was some professor up at Vassar who did this analysis. And this is before they had the sophisticated computers to detect plagiarism and things that they have today. So I don't know what his methodology was, but he he determined that the likely author of Primary Colors was Joe Klein. And, and so he started getting asked about that and he denied it up and down, up and down. At one point he had an interview with the Washington post uh, and they asked him, are you the author of primary colors? And he said, no. And then they said, would you, would you put your journalistic integrity on the line by denying it? You know? And he he said, yeah, he said, yes, I put my journalistic integrity on the line. I did not write primary colors. And then I don't know how much later, but not long after that, he he decided he couldn't deny it anymore. He came clean. And I mean, so that kind of shot his journalistic credibility by his own, you know. Yeah, he shot himself in the foot. Yeah. He shot uh, his own, he shot it. He took his journalistic credit. He, he put his journalistic credibility in front of a wall, handed it a, it a cigarette and just wiped it out with a freaking firing squad of his own lies. Basically. Yeah. yeah. So, so that, that's kind of what happened there. And then, uh, you know, so then that was, 
I guess the book was published 96 and the controversy was probably in that period, 97 maybe. But then 2003 comes along, the Iraq war comes along. Everything's uh, going to shit. The blogosphere comes into existence around what, 2002 maybe? I, yes. I Well, that's a little before my time. I didn't really start blogging until about 2003, 2004. Yeah. Um, that's but about that that about that, that period. Time. Yeah, in that in that period. And uh so I mean I remember one of the big things we had with him in the blogosphere was this whole thing that happened I guess this was all the way up in 2007. Uh and by that time the Iraq war had completely become a fiasco. Americans were like the dog sitting in the room, the cartoon with the dog sitting in the room where it's on fire and oh, the yeah. dog is drinking a cup of coffee and just says this is fine. <laughs> yeah, but it, it wasn't fine. It was know, that's right. why I started blogging. It wasn't fine. Stop telling yeah. me it's fine. Yeah. So so okay, so 2007 now you're heating up for the 2008 presidential. Yep. And Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton are, you know, the by that time they're the front runners, you know. I guess John Edwards is in there too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And before he got touched up in the lady. Yeah. I don't think he was in the Senate anymore. I'm not sure. But no, anyway, I I, Hillary and Obama were not going to vote for this supplemental funding bill for Iraq. And the main reason they weren't going to fund it, uh, vote for the funding was because they were getting a lot of pressure from people like you and me yep. in the blogosphere and on the left um, saying, you know, don't give more money. Don't give tens of millions of more dollars to Bush to fight this war in Iraq until he tells us how he's getting out. Yep. And if, 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 when, as I remember it, this was when the, uh, back when all of the big newspapers were basically in the tank for the Iraq war. I remember having emails with, I remember actually emailing Fred Hyatt back when he responded to his emails, asking him if, if he'd want his kids to sign up and he admitted, no, I wish I'd saved that email. But yeah, yeah he, every, was, he was in charge of the Washington Post uh, editorial board back then. Yep. And 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 Joe there was just like was doing his whole, you know, don't make the Republican daddy mad stick. Don't make the Republican daddy mad stick. And he was all over Obama and, and, and Clinton for that. He thought it was the worst thing in the world that they were doing, that they were going to not vote for the supplemental for the glorious adventure in Iraq. And I guess his point was, you know, this is going to be the 1970s all over again. And, yeah. and, and you're going to get a reputation for being soft on terrorism and the American people are going to punish you for it. So, I mean, at least in theory, he was trying to do the right thing for the wrong reason. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, he was kind of obsessed on this whole thing and he decided what he needed was a good counterexample, a good Democrat that was handling this supplemental voting bill in the right way, in the, the smart, right way, the smart way. Right. So he he went to the she was a congresswoman from California, Jane Harmon. Yeah. And yeah, I remember her. Yeah. She yep. was the chairwoman of the House Intelligence Committee at the time. Yep. And uh she was a big fan of, well, no, I won't say she was a big fan, but she wouldn't do anything about the warrantless uh, wiretapping. That, yep. Yeah. That a so, lot of people were mad about. I was pissed about that. I was making, as you can imagine the phone calls I was making about that one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. And so she was already kind of like 
in the crosshairs of the liberal blogosphere anyway. But he went to talk to her and he he gave all his concerns, you know, about how this was going to look. And it was bad for the Democratic frontrunners to be soft bad. on terrorism. Yeah, yeah. Soft on terror. Yeah. <laughs> and so Jane Harmon agreed. She was like, yeah, that's a bad look um, for sure. I'm going to vote for the supplemental funding. And, you know, you're super intelligent and gifted, <laughs> Joe Klein, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so he was very happy, you know, <laughs> Klein was very happy. And he's, he wrote up this column for probably, I think it was time. I think it was time. Uh, he wrote up this column uh, and he made all these points that we're talking about. And, but a funny thing happened, um, which was when the time came to vote, Jane Harmon voted the same way as Clinton and Obama. Yeah. Wasn't she getting, she was getting hit with a primary from the left though. And she didn't want to lose her job. She's not an idiot. Joe Klein's yeah. not running for anything. Yeah. Joe Klein's probably not even her constituent. What does she care what Joe what Joe Klein thinks? Right. <laughs> but then he published his this stupid article anyway. Right? Yeah, it wouldn't have mattered except for the he didn't check to see who voted how. So he went ahead and he published the article like as if she as if she had, <laughs> had voted for the money. And of course, okay, I mean, that's a that's a pretty big mistake. To put in print. Well, he and, got all, he got all mad. <laughs> he got mocked, man. Oh my god, I remember it. It was and oh. he was like getting. He was on. I think Twitter existed. Yes, Twitter did exist then, didn't it? If I don't it, know. It, it was before I signed up if, for if it. If it, if it, all I know is that I remember reading these articles where Joe was like just lashing out at the bloggers. He was this one, that one. <laughs> yeah, it was an honest mistake, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, cut me a break. You know, you're the, you're the people who are intolerant. You know, I think we had a quote somewhere about he had on the liberal blogosphere, like that we're full of. Is it the one where he says he, he, <laughs> So he was a veteran reporter by that time, right? He's yeah. come, he's got his roots in Rolling Stone back when Rolling Stone was cool. He's at the Time magazine, the Post. And he decided he was going to try blogging too because blogging is the new thing and oh, we're going to all blog now, blah blah. Yeah. And you know, and I'm I'm going to jump back when with he he calls the he 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 retired from blogging um because it was um, because it turned out the he didn't like the, and I'm quoting here, fierce, bullying, often witless tone of intolerance that has taken over the left-wing sector of the blogosphere. And then he said that... Wait, 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 hold on a second. Witless what? The fierce, bullying, often witless tone of intolerance that has taken over the left-wing sector of the blogosphere. Which and, is really just us laughing at him. For which is really it. just him laugh, us laughing at him. Yeah. And he, but he went, he went even further. He accused anti-war Democrats of wanting to reenact Robespierre's reign of terror. Oh, now, yeah. now let yeah. me just well, jump on this for a second because it's like that is such a ridiculous, and especially considering the time. You got to remember that there was no Twitter then, there was no social media, there was no Facebook. The closest thing you had was like blogs. And I and bulletin boards and stuff like that. Nobody was listening to bloggers. Our our point of view was not showing up in the newspapers, except for something to, for, that the newspapers could point and laugh at. This is when we used to talk a lot about gatekeepers to the media, 
and yeah. how certain points of view were kept out. If anyone was bullying, witlessly and, and witlessly intolerant, it was the exact kind of journalistic institutions that Joe Klein worked for. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. So him calling it 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 basically his nonsense about bullying and blah, 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 that's be, what that boils down to is it was one of my mother's favorite quotes. And the quote goes like this, mommy, he hit me back. <laughs> that's, that's Joe Klein right there. That's all he spent. That's all he was doing after he, that was his response to criticism. <laughs> yeah, he, he had a famously thin skin. Oh my God. Yeah. But now, so now to bring it up to date, yeah. you know, the new thing is, I guess that Hunter Biden is like the Iraq war. Like Hunter Biden, you like the Iraq war was going to kill us if we didn't support it. Now yeah. it's like Hunter Biden's going to kill us if we don't, I don't know, set him on fire and launch him into space or something. I, I don't know. You know, I know you went through this article. I God bless you <laughs> uh, because you need a hazmat suit. Yeah, Joe Klein's back, everybody, and he hasn't changed a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, still afraid of getting hit by the rain. And and what's so funny is about the Hunter Biden thing, before we jump into this, is it's like, who the fuck is Hunter Biden? Like, these these investigations have that I've seen haven't gone anywhere. They keep getting told it's no there there. And right. to me, it's like, to me, it's, it's and, and I want to, revisit that thing about media gatekeepers because it's not the same environment it, it was back in the in the early 2000s now there's all sorts of different if you if the if the media said this thing was an issue that thing was an issue there wasn't that much way to push back effectively right and to show that pardon me the republicans would say this is an issue that's an issue the media would run with it because the media always runs with whatever outrage the republicans say and there was no real pushback but what we've got now to me at least with this hunter biden thing is the republican this is just one of many things the republicans are trying to throw at the wall to see if it sticks yeah. um it's one of the reasons that i that it, it it's very difficult for me to read things like to listen to npr anymore or or read a lot of I'm, I'm not going to call it mainstream media because I don't want to sound like Sarah Palin. Um, <laughs> why, uh, why it's very difficult for me to take a lot of, you know, legitimate reporting necessarily at its fake at its face value, because it seems so many times reporters are chasing after whatever the Republicans think are going to stick and they treat it tr seriously, like it's going to stick. And so for yeah. me, for me, Hunter Biden is just one more. It's, it, it's a, it's a, it's a strand of spaghetti thrown at the wall and it, you know, it's it's not a big thing, and it's it's embarrassing to see, you know, so-called serious journalists chase after it as if it's real. You know, here's the thing I want to talk about because we're going to get into this article in a minute, but I want to talk about what actually happened to Joe Biden and his family and Hunter Biden. Yeah, because it's worth mentioning, man. It's absolutely worth mentioning. Yeah. So I mean, let me just let me just. Go I mean, ju this. yeah, just so we have some con because. We're about to go into Joe Klein using Hunter Biden to shit on Joe Biden. And yeah. it's important to know exactly. Yeah, yeah. go on. I'm sorry for interrupting. Yeah. So Hunter Biden was, he's about our age. You know, he was born in February, 1970. All right. So, yeah. So I guess he's, 
I don't know what that is, like five months younger than me, a little bit older than you. A couple right? months older than me. Yeah. Okay. So he's he's from our generation. And uh, so what happens here? So 1972, Joe Biden becomes the, I think he was the youngest person ever elected to the U.S. Senate from Delaware. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's exciting. He's got a, a, a wife. He's got three kids. And... And now he's headed to Washington, D.C. And he's down in D.C. now. It's December 18th. Uh, so a little bit after the election, he hasn't yet been sworn in, but he's down there for some orientation uh, so he can learn to become a U.S. senator to get off on the right foot. Yeah. And and his family's back in Delaware. The wife takes the three kids out to buy a Christmas tree. So this is, yeah, this is a week before Christmas. Yeah. And she pulls out in the station wagon um, and she doesn't see a tractor trailer come in and it smashes into the door of the car, the driver's side door. Holy shit. Yeah. And it sends this thing, according to the reports I've read, it sends the car like 150 feet down the road through a row of evergreen trees, smashes through some road sign and then it comes to rest um, against a, another tree. That's just insane. Yeah. So his wife and his little baby, Amy, they're killed instantly. I mean, at least they, they were dead on arrival at the hospital. Yep. Okay. And his two boys who were in the back, uh, the older boy, Bo, he had all kinds of broken bones and he was in a, a full body cast for, I guess, you know, weeks and weeks, months. Yep. Hunter, he had a traumatic brain injury. Okay. So he was, how old is he then? He's not quite three years old. He's not quite three. Let me, can I, can I interject for a minute? Yeah. When I was, when I was very young, I want to say, yeah, pro older than probably about six years old, seven years old. I was friends uh, growing up. I was friends with these twin brothers, Jimmy and Joey, who lived up the street from me. Yeah. And we all had our big wheels. I lived on a semi busy street, but the Jimmy and Joey lived on a side street. It was a two way street, but it was a small side street, just a block long. That's yeah. it. And we would cross the street. You know, it's the seventies, you know, parents, you know, not like today. It's like, you know, my mom was like, you know, you know, make sure you're home when the, when, when the street lights come on, that kind of stuff. And we hadn't even um, we hadn't even imagined a bike helmet yet. Yeah, there were no bike helmets. We didn't have bikes. We had we had big wheels. So yeah. we would ride. We were riding our big wheels across the street to visit. They we there were a bunch of kids on both sides of the street, family neighborhood, and um, the uh, we were riding our big wheels across the street, and some dude just came screaming up the street in a big old 1970s car. You know the kind, old mobile, something like that. And my friend Joey got hit by a car, and he oh. was in the hospital, and. You know, these were identical twins, but after that accident, um, you could very definitely tell the difference between Jimmy and Joey. You could absolutely tell the difference because Joey had had a traumatic head injury and Jimmy had not. And yeah. they, Joey was slower. Um, he was he, he, he graduated on time with the rest of us. He was he was really good at football. Um, but one of the reasons he was good at football was because he was really, really, really aggressive. And part of that, a lot of people now would probably tie to what had happened to him from the traumatic head injury and stuff like that. He was very different though. But anyway, continue. Sorry to, well, I, I mean, but I think that 
probably is kind of a parallel of the Biden family because Bo, the older brother, he he was busted up, but he didn't have the brain injury, right? Yeah. Yep. And so he becomes, he goes on, he was the attorney general of Delaware. Yep. He was an officer in the army, he served in Iraq. Yep. A lot of people thought that he might one day be president. Yeah, and I remember that. He definitely was the apple of Joe's eye, you know. And he, uh, I should mention here that he later died of a brain tumor, mm-hmm. which is another tragedy in Joe Biden's life. Absolutely. Um, but he he was this high functioning kid, and I think for Hunter, it was already hard enough. I think for anybody, it's already hard enough. Like your father's a U.S. senator your father's a vice president or something like, how are you going to, how are you going to match that? Right. You know, but Bo was kind of doing it, you know, Bo was on that path mm-hmm. of matching his father and, and Hunter just, you know, he couldn't do that. He couldn't pull that off. And so also, you know, then his brother dies. Yeah. Right. And, he goes into a downward spiral and he starts uh, abusing drugs um, and suffering from alcoholism and stuff. And there's two things about this. The first thing is my God, Joe Biden has suffered so much in his personal life. Yep. God, how can you go after the guy's kid? I know. How can you not have compassion? But secondly, for Hunter, I know that he's made a lot of poor decisions. Sure has. And I think people should have some compassion for him and let this kid who's trying to, you know, he's, as far as I know, he's clean now. That's, that's and, my understanding. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm someone who's in recovery. I know, you know, you make mistakes when you're using, and that's part of why you got to go around and ask people for forgiveness and stuff, right? Yep. I mean, you got to give people some space and let them get past all the stuff that they've done and and rebuild their lives, you know? So I just want to say that's kind of the perspective that I come into this from, which is I'm going to be real sensitive if you go after Joe Biden's kids just because of what he's been through. Yep. And if you go after a guy like Hunter, it's like, man, you know, have some mercy. For real. You know, have some mercy on this kid. Um, and that's not to say that there aren't some things you might look at as far as did he trade on his relationship with his father? Did his father do anything unethical and stuff? I'm not saying every single thing is off limits, but I am saying like this single-minded focus on Hunter Biden, which so far they found nothing, nothing on Joe. They're basically just using. Basically, what they're doing is they're using Hunter Biden as a as a punching bag, as a proxy for for punching at Joe Biden because every time they punch at Biden, they miss. Yeah, and it's like, what about ism, right? Yeah, like, uh, oh, Trump did this. Well, what about Hunter? Yeah, I know. What about Hunter? All right. So, having said all that, like, let's let's take a look at this shitty article. Yeah, let's take a look at this shitty article. 
Uh, so, yeah, the Washington Post dug up old fucking Joe Klein. They sent uh, Igor to the graveyard, dug him up. And um, it, 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 as you were as we were discussing the the we're talking about compassion. And that is exactly the topic of Joe's column, Joe Klein's column, how Joe Biden's compassion for his son blew up in his face. And this is all about the Republican obsession with Hunter Biden that we're talking about with a couple of weeks ago, Marjorie Taylor Greene. They were having a congressional hearing. She throws up nude pictures of, of, of Hunter Biden. You know, again, like I was saying, you know, to punch at Joe Biden, you know, punch Joe Biden's kids because I can't punch Joe Biden myself. And, you know, like I said, I went through this this editorial. I'm going to go through some of the, the highlights or I guess lowlights of this piece of shit. Yeah. And uh, so it starts off. And again, this was published earlier this week in the uh, in the Washington Post. I'll, I'll post a, a link in our comments or whatever at the, the website. As I said, the title is uh, Joe Biden's compassion for how Joe Biden's compassion for his son blew up in his face. Well, first of all, how is how is this blown up in his face? Because I don't see Joe Biden's ratings dropping as a result of, of Hunter Biden. You know, his his ratings aren't exactly the highest in the world. But it doesn't really seem to be tied to, to, to Hunter Biden's problems. And he starts off with uh, Hunter Biden has gone from being an embarrassment to his real to a real problem for his father and adds that in the history of squalid presidential siblings and spawn, Biden has lapped the field. So, for, so first of all, again, um, Wait, let me let me let me start. so he's saying that he's saying that Biden has the worst family in the history of presidents is that what he's yep. saying yep he sure does and his comparisons by the way are uh, are billy carter whose crime was uh whose whose big crime was uh uh trying to make money off jimmy's name by releasing a beer in it named for himself billy beer yeah. and the other big uh um, um pariah is uh roger clinton um who right. i can i can't even remember what roger clinton looks like but i guess he was he was he was an embarrassment too. I guess again, what was he doing cocaine or something? I don't. Remember. It's something. It's something like that. But like, but like for real. I mean, like, number one, did either of those people derail their their presidential siblings' uh, um, careers? No. I mean, Carter today is Carter was a failed president, but you know there were other reasons for that, and none of them had anything to do with Billy. And yeah. today, Carter is 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 admired as you know a, a globally, internationally as a, as as a humanitarian. I mean, they talk about him like he's Gandhi. And as for Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton, whatever his issues, went on to win another term. And whatever people may think of him now, and I know that some people don't like him that much. Some people have mixed feelings. Some people still think the guy's great. You cannot deny that Bill Clinton is an elder statesman of the Democratic Party. So those comparisons, those two examples of Klein holds up are both idiotic and a million years old, like Joe Klein uh, to yeah. begin with. But then, like in recent history, I mean, come on, give me a break, dude. You're saying that Hunter Biden is worse than Donald Trump Jr., who like literally has been on 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 Fox News tweaking out of his mind on cocaine like his eyes googling around he can't stop talking he and his girlfriend he and his girlfriend the best is yet to come i mean my god how much what was she on and then and that's worse than than freaking jared and ivanka who uh who uh who uh making friends with uh mohammed bin salman there whatever his goddamn name is the guy that had the journalist dismembered 
Yeah. I mean, come on. That's more Hunter Biden is more squalid than that. I mean, my God, I can think of celebrities that are way worse than freaking Hunter Biden. I mean, and the, the, the two boys, Eric and Donald Jr., they, they're not even allowed to do charities. And I know. I know yeah. they're banned from owning, from running charities. No one's yeah. done that to Hunter Biden. So come on. Right. It's, it's ridiculous. Then he says, uh, the, um, he says, uh, Joe Klein comes in with the Trump offspring and in-laws use their orange proximity to help score deals in, with the Saudis and China, but they did it with their clothes on and their noses clean. First of all, if the all bar right. for corruption is taking off your clothes i don't know what dimension joe klein is living in because that is ridiculous in my world doing business with our with our foes enemies frenemies i'm not sure what you want to call them but doing backroom deals with those people is a hell of a lot more um that's a hell of a lot more moral to turpitude than sending a dick pic to someone and that nose is clean well we've already demolished that we don't need to talk about that with with, uh, with with don jr and his issues all right so the one thing i want to get back to by the way and i realize i just trashed the trump kids all over the place they deserve to be trashed all over the place and i'm going to get a bit more to this article in a minute but you know you notice one thing here that 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 Klein, where we were discussing compassion for people like like Hunter Biden um, previously, um, for kids and adults like like Hunter Biden, um, Joe Klein explicitly in his headline and all the way through this rejects um, any idea of compassion, and he's still got this battered battered wife syndrome going on. It's not like he, in fact, repeatedly through the article. Uh, he says that he doesn't believe any of these allegations, but yet he's throwing them up there in the most lurid and public way possible and basically just piling on with the Republicans. He expresses no compassion for for Hunter Biden's problems. All he does is pile on and do the exact same thing that the Republicans are doing and kind of like almost like looking at Joe Biden being like being like, see, this is what happens. This is what happens. It's his it's his battered wife syndrome going on again. It's it's, it's just. Uh, he he starts the thing out by making like pretty much all the same points that we made, you know. Yeah, he totally does. He talks about the accident. He talks about how he had this brother that was more accomplished, you know. Yep. He he sounds like he's going to write a piece that understands the difficulties that Hunter's been through, but then like right off the bat, he he steers away from it. And yeah. then he compares him unfavorably to the Trump kids, unfavorably to to Don Jr. and Eric. Yeah. At, uh, at, at, at some point in the article, he refers to the president. To, he refers to Hunter Biden as an open wound and says he suffers from Kane syndrome being the lesser. I'm, I'm going to read this because I have to being the lesser son for whom a family tragedy curdled into a lifetime of dependency and depravity. Yeah. Is that what Kane syndrome is? Because I thought Kane syndrome was when you murder your brother and then you're punished by God for committing a murder. <laughs> That's what Kane syndrome is. I know because I've read the Bible. And he he do, he just posts all the like you said, he posts all this lurid stuff about the drugs and guns, naked pictures, this and that. But then he closes with until it's proved otherwise. I will find it extremely hard to believe the president was a party to his son's nefarious schemes. Yeah, so it's like a that's like that's like that's like me 
just basically calling your family a piece of shit over and over again. It's like me calling your kid a piece of shit, a piece of shit, a piece of shit. Oh, but it's, but, uh, but, but you're, uh, you know, but you're not involved. I'm what? what? And then he accuses Joe Biden of enabling his son because he holds his, he, he keeps his family close to him. He keeps his family close to him. He winds up, Klein starts, uh, he goes off on, on Joe Biden for being empathic as if that's something wrong. And his, he, he basically boils down to over and over and over again that everything Hunter Biden is alleged to have done, remember, by people he says he doesn't believe, I don't believe any of it's true, but everything Hunter Biden has done is ultimately Joe Biden's fault because Joe Biden embraces his troubled son. That's what 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 Klein boils down to is everything Hunter did. And I don't believe it is Joe Biden's fault. And and by the way, Joe Biden should have turned his back on his son for the sake of politics, because that's what empathic people do. Right. Yeah. So here Klein, Klein I, says that that the sin of Joe Biden is that he enabled his son. How right. how is that enabling your son? How is that? Any, I have friends with, with, who have kids with, with with substance abuse problems and addiction problems and all sorts of stuff. I mean, what are they supposed? I mean, for real, dude. I live over on Kensington Avenue in Philadelphia. I live one block up from the heroin apocalypse that this city is going through. My street is filled with people who have been abandoned. It oh is, yeah. Filled with people who have been abandoned. Joe Klein wants 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 Joe Biden to to abandon his son. He wants Hunter Biden to what? Be on the streets, living in a cardboard box. Is that what he wants? It's also like anybody who's had a child or a husband or a wife or someone they care about who's in the depths of some kind of addiction. They know how difficult it is to, I mean, have any influence at all. You oh my can try God! This you can try that. You know, and and until they make a decision to do something, there's not a lot you can do, you know. So I guess he wanted him to cut Hunter Biden like out of his life or something. But the truth is, I read this when they were talking about this accusation they're making that Joe Biden was somehow involved in helping Hunter land business deals. But what came out of that was that every day, that Joe Biden was vice president, he called Hunter Biden. Yep. Like apparently every day. Yeah. Because he cares about because he cares about his kid, wants to make sure he's doing okay. Yeah. I mean, among his three kids he had with his first wife, Hunter's the only one still alive. He's the only one left. Yeah. And, he, and, and he's and, the one and he's the one that needs more help. And he needs more help. And Hunter, I mean, yeah, his father knew that, I mean, he couldn't talk to him every day when he was doing all these crazy things without knowing that something was wrong, mm -hmm. he's checking in on him because he yeah. cares about him. And now they're going to try to turn that into evidence of corruption or something. Yeah. But you and, know, Joe and, Klein, Joe Klein goes right along with that. Oh, he totally does. In yeah. fact, part of his article. And again, he, 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 he does it again where he says, uh, he would be outraged if if the president asked Merrick Garland to slow walker limit this criminal inquiry. And then he's like, yeah, but it's all probably bullshit, too. And 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 the people investigating him are, are, are all full of shit, which basically comes off. I don't know if that's what he's trying to say, but what it comes off is that, yeah, this criminal inquiry, 
inquiry into into Hunter Biden is is nonsense. It's not corrupted. The allegations are crap. But if they were real, I would be very, very angry. So I'm going to pretend they're real so I can do this thing. I don't know what he's talking about. It's like he's writing a he's he's imagining things in his head that he thinks that that he knows Hunter Biden didn't do, but he's still pretending he did it so he can get mad. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's like, who's got the head injury here? Who's got yeah. the head injury here? And by the way, he's 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 not only saying that he, he pivots over here. So, right. So first he's like, you know, Hunter shouldn't Joe Biden shouldn't have any compassion for his kid. Or if he does, it shouldn't. Nobody should see it. And da, da, da. But then then he calls Hunter Biden's various depravities. I'm putting that in air quotes. He says that that Hunter Biden's personal struggles are actually the public's business. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not sure how he makes that leap, because Hunter Biden isn't running for office. He's not a public official, and it's like Klein goes on and on like this. I'm not going to go through the article paragraph by paragraph because we'd all just shoot ourselves. But some of the lowlights are he he suggests that Biden sequester uh, troubled child Hunter sequester. <laughs> That's one of his words. And it's like when Hunter's trying to make a deal over his tax and gun problems. Right. Yeah. Right? He's trying to make up for what he did when he was addicted. He's trying yeah. to pay his restitution, you know, do the right thing. The dude is in recovery. Yeah. You know, he's making he, amends. He's making amends. That's what you're supposed to do when you're in recovery. And Klein here is like, no, 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 no. Biden should tell uh, Hunter, you're not welcome in the White House anymore. Get out of here. We don't need you. You're making me look bad. And it's like he he literally says in the piece, why was he allowed to come to a state dinner? Yeah. He's supposed to be barred from the White House because he's making a plea deal to take responsibility for mistakes he made when he was an addict, when he was an active addiction. And instead of his father supporting his son in that, encouraging that, he is supposed to completely cut him off. Yeah. Yeah. Which and like and like that word sequestering, like when I read that, my yeah. first question was like, is he suggesting Biden have Hunter committed? You know, yeah. maybe you should have, you know, here's a, here's an idea, Mr. Klein. Why don't you, why didn't you suggest that, 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 uh, that Biden give, give Hunter a lobotomy like the Kennedys did to Rose? Cause she <laughs> was troublesome, right? She, she yeah. was troublesome. Just cut out the brain. Then he's fine. And, and problem solved. Right. Joe Klein. I'm yeah. serious. Seriously, Marty, if one of Joe Klein's kids had an addiction problem and he's got four, you know, presumably happy children, do you think he'd turn his back on them? Or do you think no, he'd, he'd snap his, his fingers and everything would be fixed? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah. exactly what Joe Klein would do. Here's yeah. another here's another doozy. Uh unconditional love is something every parent understands and aspires to. Uh-huh. I mean, look, I, yes, but you know, quite frankly, reading this, I don't think Joe Klein understands unconditional love at all. He's I mean, got maybe, some work to do in that area. Yeah, maybe he reminded that line reminded me of a, a clip of Martha Stewart I saw years ago. She says so she's make she's making lunch for kids. She's like, if you wrap your child's sandwich in a bow, you'll make them feel like you love them. 
Oh, and I, I <laughs> as if no, you don't really like him, but you know, at least they'll think you do. And they'll that's exactly the way Joe way. Klein. That's exactly the way Joe Klein sounds. Unconditional <laughs> so love is something every parent understands and aspires to. But you know, when you have a shitty one, ah, yeah, get rid of that one, sequester them. So, yeah, get thee to a monkery. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, but but, but either way, either way, we've circled back to Joe's line, Joe Klein's baseline positions. Don't do anything Republicans could pounce on and Democrats are weak. And apparently having compassion uh, for your kids is something Republicans can pounce on and and makes you weak. It makes you weak to love your kids. Yeah. You know, and that's. Yeah. You know, I made the head injury joke about Klein, but I'm going to repeat it. After all this business about how Joe Biden should cut Hunter loose and abandon him, he turns on a dime. And then he closes by saying that the president, while abandoning his son and and making him persona non grata, should also hold up Hunter as a bad example for America. And he says that Joe Biden... Because Joe Biden has a child who has drug and mental health problems. Well, that's reflective of a larger national crisis that Joe Biden could address from his personal experience. Well, that's true. Well, yeah, but Klein wants it both ways. He wants to say that Hunter Biden's personal problems are the nation's problems. Joe Biden should turn his back on his son. Yeah. But at the same time, he should talk about the kid publicly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As you do. As you do, hey, look at my useless kid, Joe Biden should say. You look at my useless drug addict kid, America. Don't be like him. Right? Yeah. Because that's the way you treat your kids. Right. That's how you're supportive to your kid in recovery is (laughs) you you talk to the whole nation about all of the terrible things that he's done. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm sure Joe Klein is winning winning a parent of the year anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. But But the question then is like, why is the Washington Post doing this? Why are they publishing this? Maybe they had some column spaces to fill. Maybe, uh, maybe Kathleen Parker had a couple <laughs> had a couple too many over the weekend. Yeah, maybe because who's clamoring for Joe Klein's opinion at this point? I mean, as we said, like he seemed to have disappeared off the radar, and then all of a sudden he comes back. He's on the editorial page of the Washington Post. And this is what he produces. And it's, uh, did they reach out to him and say, hey, Joe Klein, we really need someone to write this? Or did Joe Klein like mail it in and say, hey, I've got this great idea for a piece. And they were, they, they thought this was good because it's, it doesn't have any useful information for the public or for Joe Biden or for anybody. Yeah, like you said, like I didn't, Joe Klein, what, where did you get this guy from? I mean, I, like George Will is a million years old, but George Will has never gone away, right? He's just still plugging along there, plugging along. Plus you know, he has this like, you know, he's been at the Washington Post forever. Yeah, 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 exactly. Joe Klein, I mean, it's like, it's like throwback Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's get the let's 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 get this blast from the past. Let's get let's you know why don't they <laughs> if the Washington Post did a comedy fest, they'd have Yakov Smirnov headlining. <laughs> I love America. <laughs> in in Washington Post editorial page, editorial write you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's one last thing I gotta say. 
this is and this what it is to me reveals the the complete bankruptcy of of Joe Klein the individual the complete moral and mental degeneracy of this person so after he simultaneously said that Joe Biden should turn his back on his child his troubled child with the addiction with the history of addiction while simultaneously holding up this this person as an example of what not to do pointing at his at his child like the like a scapegoat he literally compares Hunter Biden to the Oklahoma City bombing and the Charleston, South Carolina church murders. That's that's just a bridge too far. It is. He said he says the addiction issue of drug addiction is alive, electric and very much with us. And he wants Joe Biden to talk about Hunter's problems with America in a negative way. Um, because it would be a chance to grieve and mourn and inspire like Clinton after the Oklahoma City bombing or Barack Obama after the Charleston, South Carolina murders. I mean, that's a terrible idea. I mean, like whatever problems Hunter Biden has and whatever things Hunter Biden has done wrong, Hunter Biden has murdered precisely zero people. Right. So he is not anywhere near comparable to the Oklahoma City bombing. No. Hunter Biden did not walk into a church and murder nine people, you know, driven by racism and hatred. I'm sorry. I'm surprised he didn't throw in the uh, Sandy Hook shooting while he was at it. Yeah. And again, to bring this back to to the Washington Post, what editor looked at this and said, yeah, this is fine. This is fine. Yeah. Publish this. Yeah. Go, Go ahead, Joe. Great piece. Yeah, you, you, you left out a period by mistake. I mean, come <laughs> on. Meanwhile, trying to say Joe Biden hasn't done anything about opioids. You were laughing about uh, him not checking his facts on Jane Harmon when we first started this out. Well, guess what? He hasn't checked his facts on Biden either, because according to the January 2023 White House press release, overdoses and poisonings from uh, from opioids have gone down for five months in a row. He's increased interdiction efforts to keep him out of our country. Spent fifty million dollars for local public health departments to get Narcan, the stuff you you know the 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 stop the the overdose drug, yeah, making it easier for for programs to 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 get the stuff and distribute it. Trying to make Narcan over the counter, making sure there's treatment for addictions in prisons, and and like this goes back to like to like 2021, yeah. So he doesn't even know what he's talking about. You should build himself a guillotine and chop off his own stupid head because he certainly isn't using his skull for anything more than a goddamn bread box and his involuntary muscle functions. I mean, if he, if he did it right, he could su- still survive like Mike the Headless Chicken. They'd probably invite him on the goddamn Sunday talk shows anyway. Not like the gurgling noises made by Headless, but living Joe Klein would be different than anything else that comes out of his stupid mouth. Anyway, now I think that's the kind of vituperation he uh, disliked about the blogosphere so much, Brendan. <laughs> yeah, well, fuck you, Joe Klein. I hope you don't <laughs> like it anymore now. It's just like old times. <laughs> it's funny, though, because I also want to talk about something to do with the Washington Post. And, <laughs> but it's not the editorial side. It's the reporting side. <laughs> what did they do this time? <laughs> uh, well, this is actually... Um, this is about Trump getting arrested for the third time this past week. <laughs> Congratulations to, to him, by the way. Golf clap. Yeah, a little applause for our disgraced ex-president. Um, 
Yeah, it's, a, it's an article written by Spencer Sue, Carol Lennig, and Tom Jackman. And it's all about the reasons why, if he is convicted, if Trump is convicted, why he might not or should not go to prison. Uh, I saw yeah. this. I saw this, yeah. and it my head almost exploded when I read this. I, I was just like, what? I mean, the man hasn't even, his trial hasn't even his none of his many trials have even begun right <laughs> and we're already talking about how he shouldn't go to jail i, mean, <laughs> I know no wait a minute pardon me we you mean the media is already talking about why he shouldn't go to jail <laughs> well, now we're now we are too that's how it works brendan that's how it works <laughs> i want to think that we're talking more about why he should go to jail but but <laughs> yeah, I think we taken. will. I think we will, you know, <laughs> but um, in my mind, trying to carry out a coup in this country is pretty much the biggest crime I can think of because yeah, you think you think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it impacts everybody. First of all, you know, I mean, I was thinking about it and it's like if I went down to my local bank branch and walked in there with a gun and give me all your money and rob the joint. The chances are pretty decent that most people in my hometown and most people in my home County wouldn't even know I did it because, you know, maybe they'd see it in the police blotter or something like that. Maybe word would get around grocery but, store robbed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But, like, it doesn't affect them that much. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a serious crime. If I did that, you know, it's a potentially very violent crime. You know, you never know what's going to happen when you walk in someplace with a gun. Yep. But it's it's very serious, and it should carry a really strong penalty. But trying to steal an American election is way, way more serious in my mind. And so I know that the Washington Post wouldn't solicit an article about all the reasons if I'm convicted of armed robbery that I shouldn't or maybe shouldn't go to prison. Yeah, nobody's going to be nobody's going to be asking that question. You get caught bust, you get caught, you know, knocking over a liquor store, you got a gun, you're going to jail most likely. Nobody's yeah, going to be writing an article about like, "Oh, but but Marty was was hungry." <laughs> Yeah. He needed some yeah. money for he needed some money. Yeah, I, there might be some people like somewhere who are like, don't incarcerate anybody for any reason. But oh. <laughs> I think I think but, there's near unanimity that bank robbers should go to prison. Well, you know, honestly, dude, I saw I, I saw a little clip of, of little Ben Shapiro. <laughs> yeah. And he was saying he's like he, his argument for for he was he was arguing why Trump's hoarding of documents at Mar-a-Lago wasn't wasn't a, a crime. And his, yeah. his, he was literally saying, yeah, Trump, Trump just sees things and he likes them. So he takes them. What's the big deal? He literally said that. And like people were responding with like people who like things and take them that they're not supposed to take. It's the definition of crime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're like sometimes defining... it's sometimes it's theft and sometimes it's rape. Right. Sometimes I mean, they're literally <laughs> defining crime down on the right. They're totally yeah. defining it down. 
<laughs> I love that. My defense is I wanted it. Yeah, I know. So, uh, <laughs> mine! <laughs> it doesn't work for a toddler. It shouldn't work for Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like were you saying, though, but like what Trump did and what he attempted in the U.S. was huge. I mean, like you knock over the liquor store, you know, two people are hurt. Yeah. One, you know, one per one person is hurt. The guy that uh, the guy that's working the liquor store, right? Yeah. He's traumatized. Maybe the but customers Trump, are traumatized too. If there's know. if the customers are in there, but like yeah. Trump, I mean, like my God, if I mean, like if he had even halfway gotten away with what he was trying to do on January sixth, you would have had riots in the streets. You would have had, you would you would see cities in flames. I I practically guarantee it. You would have police sent out to fight back against people rioting. There would be civic unrest all over the place. I mean, come on. It would affect everybody. Everybody. Absolutely. And so, I mean, the first thing about this article is it's premature, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. like, uh, can we please get to a trial and maybe a conviction before we start talking about how this guy shouldn't go to prison? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that that that's my first beef. Like, yeah. okay. But, okay, if you're going to talk about it, we'll talk about it, right? And so the first thing is that back in 1965 – and this was probably in reaction to the assassination of JFK. Uh, but Congress passed a law that gives former presidents lifetime Secret Service protection. And that means if Trump went to prison, he would be legally entitled to Secret Service protection. And I know that I, I think I was talking to you about this and you were kind of offended by this idea. Oh, I'm totally offended by it. My main question is, why does he even deserve this protection? You have plenty of people that have done horrible crimes that don't get any protection at all in prison. Very famous right. people in prison. Um, mobsters. Jeff, Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer, people like that. But, you know, hey, that guy, uh, the, 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 the college coach who was molesting all his, his, his team members. Sandusky. No, not Sandusky, the uh, the 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 other guy. Oh, the Olympics the, guy. The Olympics guy. He just recently got shanked in prison. Oh. Jeffrey Epstein wound up on the end of a rope, you know? The, right. uh, no protection for any of those people. And, like, I just don't understand why someone who, I'm going to assume he gets convicted for the sake of making the argument. I don't understand why a guy who's convicted of doing, of, of committing a coup, of trying to, overturn an election and goes to jail for it for incitement and, and insurrection how does that person even get to keep the privileges of the presidency because yeah. in my world you would take those privileges away and say nah dude you don't get that anymore because of what you did you don't get those privileges anymore at all i mean I just don't get it 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 it, it boggles my mind that the, that they that we're even talking about why a criminal would get a criminal and someone who could committed a crime against his own country, um, you know, a, a coup d'etat would somehow get protection in. I just you'd, don't get it. I don't get it. You'd think that you would surrender that, you know, you'd, you'd surrender your sur presidential privileges, you know, but here's the thing. Okay. So it's, it's a law it's on the books, right? Yeah. He, yeah. he, he gets this protection. Uh, there's only one way to, to get rid of it legally. And, and that's if Congress were to change the law, mm -hmm. the chances that the Republicans will take away a secret service protection are zero. Yep. Okay. So, okay. So 
is that a reason not to send him to jail because he would have to have secret service, um, you know, palling around with him in there. And I, I don't see that, uh, you know, and so looking at the article, they went and talked to some unnamed, you know, quote, former officials. Uh, and what they say is basically characterized, uh, in the article this way, they say, quote, um, sending Trump to prison could, quote, force politically and logistically complex questions over whether officials should detail agents to protect a former American president behind bars, leave it to the prison authorities to keep him safe, or secure him under some type of home confinement. There's no way that that guy should be allowed to fart around at Mar-a-Lago, which is a giant estate with an ankle bracelet. I'm sorry. That's just not unacceptable. It's not acceptable. No. The, uh, did you see that uh, when I was researching this and when we were researching this, we, we looked at it around the same time. Did you see that story about Peru's prison for ex-presidents? Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. You sent me the link. Yeah, yeah. Peru apparently has a prison for their ex-presidents because they have such a history of corruption in their political system. They've got three of them in there. One is one's in there for human rights abuses. The other one is is basically a, a Peruvian Trump who tried to dissolve Congress and, and rule by fiat. And then another one's in there for, for money laundering. And okay. they might, even, they might have to build a new facility because they're running out of room. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know we could use one of those. I mean, we should have, we should have built one and put Bush in there. W. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then Trump could join them, yep. you know? Uh, but no, that, that is an amazing story. The whole Peruvian thing where they have their, their special, their specially built facility for corrupt ex presidents, and and it shows you though one thing it shows you is that it's not that unusual, or at least it's not unprecedented to take bad presidents who commit crimes and hold them accountable. Yeah, it's yeah. not impossible to put someone like Donald Trump in prison. Yeah. And if you want to, if you want to protect him, what's what's wrong with solitary confinement? Didn't they right. do that? To, wasn't wasn't Chauvin? Derek Chauvin, the the cop who uh, killed George Floyd, didn't he get solitary for a, for a good chunk? Yeah, I mean, the first thing they did was they sent him to Minnesota prison, uh, I guess you know state prison, and they kept him in solitary to protect him. Yeah, that's know. what I thought. He was in solitary most of the time. Now I yeah. know solitary, and then you know solitary is no joke, and it's not good for your health or your mental health or anything like that. But like, probably a little bit better than getting shanked in the shower. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I think I think what they did with Shaven is they, after a while, they sent him to Arizona into the federal system under the theory that he would, number one, in Arizona, he wouldn't be housed with people he may have arrested, yeah. you know, who might have a, a personal reason to go after him. And then secondly, that at least some federal prisons are housed, you know, they're considered less violent criminals. Yeah. You That's know, my understanding then, as well. Yeah. So they they figured they could keep him safe in a federal prison in Arizona. And, you know, Shivan is one of the most notorious criminals in America. Yep. Certainly uh, right now. <laughs> yeah. And you would think that um, there'd be a lot of people in prison who might want to do some harm to him. So if they feel like they can house him in a general population in a federal prison in Arizona, then you would think that they could figure out how to do that with Donald Trump. And especially if he's got a secret service contingent in there to protect him. Yeah. 
Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I can't believe we're even having this conversation. No, I simply cannot. I'm looking at the article now, and I see this former that former prosecutor Chuck Rosenberg, who uh, frequent guest on uh, MSNBC. Yep, uh, he's saying that it's too impractical to send Trump to prison. That that's surprising to me to begin with, because I've seen Chuck a number of times on the television, and he regularly unloads on Trump and his multiple crimes. That's but here true. He, here he is saying that probation, fines, community service, and home confinement are all more attractive alternatives in prison. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, what the fuck? Do they want him to put on a vest and go clear up the highway as punishment for January 6th? Because, yeah, you know, it's a to, completely, yeah. I mean, police officers, people died. People died because of Donald Trump. Police officers got injured because of Donald Trump. Look, if, if, if you or I committed assault on a police officer, never mind battery, never mind getting an officer killed. But if you yeah. and I committed anything like that, we would be in jail. There would be no probation. There would be no community service and fines. We would be in jail behind bars. Right. And it's a completely ridiculous thing to suggest. I mean, it reminds me of Joe Klein and his ilk, you know, going back to the battered wife syndrome, you know, afraid to stick up for themselves, always afraid of what the Republican rag talking points will be. Yeah. And, and again, why is the Washington Post even publishing this stuff? Why are they even publishing it? And and to be honest, later on, later on in the article, they actually talked to a, to, a, to someone from the service from the Secret Service, former Sur Secret Service agent, make my mouth work, saying that in some ways it would actually be easier to protect Trump in jail than on the outside, you know, because he can't travel around. They know where he is all the time. The perimeter is always secure. So why right. do they publish this whole thing being like, oh, why should we put him in jail? It might be difficult. Oh, the challenges around it when they've already answered their own damn question. Right. I mean, if it's easier to protect him in prison, then let's just do that. Yes. You know? I yep. mean, but yeah, so they have this whole article and the whole point is all the reasons why it would be like difficult or impractical to put the man in prison and you know, can we please just first have one of these juries find him guilty? You know, yeah. we got so far ahead of ourselves. I mean, it's so the horse is so far ahead of the cart right now. It's like it's it's in a different state. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's it's you know, the Washington Post is just outdoing itself. Oh my God! It's 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 constant. What do we used to call it back then? Back when we used to be blogging all the time back in the two thousands, concern trolling. Concern trolling. Oh, concern I'm so trolling. concerned. We're so concerned. And you know what comes next, right? What's that? It's the Washington Post is going to do a big article on all the reasons that Biden has to pardon Trump. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like all for the good of the country. All for the good of the country. Healing the nation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, right, folks, that's where we're at right now in the United States. Advice from pundits uh, and journalists that we have to be timid in the face of GOP temper tantrums. Make sure that we uh, give the GOP what they want. When it comes to Hunter Biden, we got to make sure that he is punished um, publicly and um, shunned and shunned. Um, when it comes to Donald Trump, we got to figure out a way to make sure he doesn't go to jail even before he's convicted. Yeah, maybe, we have the Washington maybe Post pick up some garbage. He could pick up some garbage along the highway. He could pay a parking ticket, just yeah. like I did a couple weeks ago. Sure. Um, we have That's the Washington Post. 
um, jumping into the fray, uh, backing up both these positions. Give the GOP what they want. Give them what they want. Give them what they want. They might hit you. They might hit you. And at the end of the day, we're still here waiting for Trump to be held accountable. Yeah. Yep. We haven't even gotten to the accountability part yet. And the Washington Post is trying to throw that, throw the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> yeah. So just an example of being focused on the wrong things, you know, not not really having a clear picture on what's important. I think that's really what it sums up our show today is, is the Washington Post dropping the ball and putting out some really substandard crap. And, you know, it used to be a lot more common there. So I don't want to act like they do this all the time. And that's almost the reason to point it out, I think. Oh, yeah, that is the reason to point it out. I, I you know, document the atrocities, but give credit for good behavior. Absolutely. All right. So, that's it for our show today. Right, Brendan? Yep. That's our podcast for the week. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, Brendan Squire and Marty Longman coming at you. Our intro and outro music is provided by the magnificent Royal Hounds from Nashville, Tennessee. They have a new independently released album out called Whole Lot of Nothing. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Music, and the music platform of your choice. So we'll catch you next time on the Progress Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe, folks. Thanks a lot. We'll see you online. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye.